This is Sports Talk with Jack Wilson on News Talk 770, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well, we've sort of been flashing back uh, some of the top sports stories of 2016 as we look back on, on an amazing year in sport. And it really has been an amazing year. You can talk about the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series, the Cleveland Cavaliers coming back to win the NBA championship, Sidney Crosby, what he did in Pittsburgh this year, and then also winning the World Cup of Hockey. But really, when you look back at 2016, it is going to be about the Rio Olympics. Now, who better to talk about the Rio Olympics than somebody who was on the ground? Vicki Hall was on the ground for Post Media covering the games for the Calgary Sun and the Calgary Herald. Uh, Vicki Hall joins us tonight on uh, Sports Talk with Jock. And, and, and Vicki, let me just ask you this, because, you know, the Rio Olympics, it was supposed to be about the pollution, the Zika virus, a depressed economy in Brazil, the rushing doping scandal. These were supposed to be the worst games, maybe the most dangerous games ever because of their limited security budget. So let me ask you this question. Uh, was it? Well, I mean, looking back, you can look at it two ways. I mean, I, I was reflecting on it today, and I look back at Canada's success, the success of the Canadian women. I think for Canada, you look at Penny Alexiak, Andre de Grasse. Uh, on the ground, uh, they were a very tough games, especially for people who were not living inside the bubble of uh, the Olympics, which means in the secured zones. So for the athletes, I think that for the most part, everything was taken care of and they might have had some buses that didn't show up. But if you were living outside, it was a bit of an adventure and uh, not the safest place I've been in the world, that's for sure. <laughs> was pollution an issue? Was Zika virus an issue? Uh, Zika, no. Um, I mean, it was kind of funny. You know, we read all the warnings before we went there. And I know that for myself, uh, you know, they said, make sure there's screens on all the door, on all the windows and everything. And the first night I got to my hotel, I looked and there's no screen on the window. And if you didn't open the window, you would have passed out from heat yeah, during the night. So, I mean, we just kind of forgot about it. The, the one thing I'll never forget from being there, though, is that when mosquitoes were around, people got very jumpy and very nervous. <laughs> but I haven't heard about anyone contracting the Zika virus. And uh, I used to cover the flames, and pollution was worse in Los Angeles than it was in Rio, and definitely a lot worse in Beijing for the Olympics than it was in Rio. So neither of those turned out to be anything big, in my opinion. We all know about the, the depressed economy in Brazil, and, and, and we all know that they had a limited security budget. Normally, when you go to an Olympic Games, it's the safest place in the world to be. Uh, did you feel safe as a reporter? Because uh, I talked to athletes, and, and, and they said, hey, they didn't think it was an issue. I didn't. I didn't feel um, unsafe. Uh, no, like I mean, I. I mean, I. When you were on the street, I felt that you could have your stuff stolen at any time. So that's a different kind of safety. But uh, but my personal safety, going into the venues or anything like that, I didn't feel unsafe. That being said, the security um, they got rid of their security force. I think it was about a month, five weeks before the Olympics. They the contractor couldn't come up with the services, so they hired a bunch of ex police officers and retired police officers. And I have never attended a sporting event where it didn't matter what you put through that in your bag through the machine. They didn't pay any attention. They weren't even looking at it. Like it was, it was just, it was more like a pantomime than anything else. It. Uh, they weren't looking at it. People would beep when they would went through the metal detector, and no one would pay any attention. So, 
Uh, I don't think it was the safest place on earth, but I didn't feel that unsafe myself personally. I remember riding up the chairlift with you at the Ken Olympic Park when we were at the Luge News Conference earlier this year, and, and you were saying, Jock, transportation was a disaster, at least for the media. Maybe it was okay for the athletes, but uh, I heard issues for the athletes too. Uh, uh, was that a real sore spot? Well, it was difficult. I mean, we didn't know. I mean, no one wants to hear about reporters' problems. Uh, <laughs> but, we, uh, but, he, but for fans and spectators, too, that we, the buses, especially near the end of the games, like, they wouldn't show up. And uh, the, the track and field, which is, this is interesting for venues and future Olympics, is the track, it was all within Rio de Janeiro. So it, it was supposed to be kind of compact. But to get to the track was three hours from Copacabana, where most people were staying. So we'd be six hours a day in the bus. Now, as I said, no one wants to hear about people's uh, complaints, but it was it was tough for spectators as well. And it also pointed to another thing, which is a lot of people from re- the real organizing committee have not been paid yet. So the thought on the ground was when the buses stopped coming was that the drivers weren't being paid. So how can you blame the drivers for not coming when they weren't getting their paychecks just it was the same for the volunteers same for you know normally you have the olympic news service a lot of those people just quit because they the even they weren't the volunteers weren't supposed to be being paid but they needed to eat they needed like the basic necessities of life and they weren't even getting any food or any water or anything like that so it was definitely an olympics unlike any that i've covered uh, in my path, up for sure. Reliving the 2016 Rio Olympics with Vicki Hall. Of course, she covered the game. She was on the ground for Post Media. She covered it for the Calgary Sun and the Calgary Herald. Enough of the negative talk, Vicki, because yes, uh, exactly. w- watching watching on television, I, I, I thought they, they were great. And I really think they looked good on television. You know, there were so many positives. I fell in love with the brand new sport, Rugby Sevens. Uh, but tell me, what were some of your highlights? Well, I was at the track, and, and so to me... I mean, I think for Canada, the big thing was Penny Alexiak in the swimming pool, Andre de Grasse on the track. Mm-hmm. Canada got two, I mean, these, in, barring injury, these are two young people who are the world's best in two of the most popular, most spectacular sports. Uh, swimming and track, it doesn't get more any more raw than one person, one man or woman running down the track or swimming the lane, and both Penny and Andre are, are superstars. Uh, Andre just turned 22. Penny is 16 and just writing her high school exam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think, it, well, she's in grade 11. She's not even writing her final, final exam. So can, uh, for Canada, I thought those were the two highlights. But if you talk to anyone at Rugby Sevens, they said that that was magical. Uh, women's soccer was terrific. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to point to the, the performance of the women. I mean, 16 of Canada's 22 medals were women uh, by women. What does that mean to the young girls and the next generation coming up? Uh, I think it's spectacular that they have those kind of role models. And, and it marks a real shift for Canadian society. Boy, there's, there's no question about that. And you could also add Rosie McClellan to the list because, you know, to defend the gold medal in trampoline, that was another great story. It wasn't a great story, and the, the the crazy thing is, is if you talk to Rosie two or three months before, or even two months before, she was having such problems with post concussion syndrome that she didn't even know. I mean, she knew she'd compete. She didn't know if she'd be able to pull off the great degree of difficulty, which is her thing. Like she does the most difficult routine, routining, and she said to me, oh, "Well, I'm just having problems with my spatial awareness in the air." Well. <laughs> If you if you do trampoline for a living and you can't figure out your spatial awareness in the air, I, I think that that's very significant. So the fact that she did that 
her training was very compressed. She didn't have the same confidence, the same load that she normally would. For her to go in and win that gold medal, that was a spectacular performance, especially given what she went through. Uh, even if you're not a fan of beach volleyball and you were watching the games on television, you had to love the venue because, you know, Copacabana, I, I just wanted to be there for the party. Well, I don't know if you wanted to be there for the party. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty crazy across. The, I walked a crease across the street there. That is, is uh, you know how jock we go out of football stadiums around Canada and stuff like that? You've never quite seen anything like <laughs> Copacabana, the, the stadium there. But no, it was amazing. I mean, every night at, at mid, it was midnight local time and it was a party and the beach volleyball and the Brazilian team, it was, it was fantastic. It was, that was the cultural, that was the party thing. And I'm so glad for real that that went well. It was a little bit scary because most of the taxi drivers had televisions in their cab <laughs> and we would be coming back from the track and they would be watching it while they were driving. Um, so it was a little bit terrifying, but, <laughs> but, it, but that was definitely a highlight of, of, the, of the games for sure. Boy, without a doubt. You know, another thing, and I look back to the Vancouver 2010 games, Canada wins the gold medal in hockey on Canadian soil, and this country exploded. I think you could say the same thing. I don't know where you were the night that Brazil won the gold medal in soccer, but, but I, I'm sure the atmosphere, because I just was watching it on television, and, and it looked like a very, very similar atmosphere that we saw here in Canada. Oh, it was, and I mean, it was it was uh, exceptional because those people. I mean, they were so gracious. The people from Brazil, they they hosted a games. The entire world was criticizing them for the pollution, for the disorganization, mm-hmm. for the green water in the swimming pool. I mean, it was everything, and they and they're in deep recession. The unemployment is skyrocketing. It makes Calgary look fantastic. The financial situation. It was it was a really tough place to be, and so for them to have that victory, there were people crying the whole place. I mean, we kept hearing, "Oh, Rio doesn't care about the Olympics." Oh, they cared that night, and so yes, I, my colleague Scott Simpson said was there, and he said it was one of the most memorable events he's ever seen in his lifetime. Boy, so I you had to be very very happy for them. I I think that meant more to them the Canadian than the Canadian gold medal did to Canadians in, in Vancouver, and that is saying something. Wow, really, you believe that, eh? Yes, I do. Wow, that, that's amazing. You know, here we are. We, we've, we've talked almost 10 minutes, Vicky. We haven't even mentioned, you know, Calgary's own Erica Weeb. I know Ottawa claims her, but we claim her too. She trains here in Calgary, and, 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 and she's become sort of like our uh, a little Olympic darling here in Calgary, hasn't she? Yeah, I mean, Erica, it was dom- just dominant performance. And the day before, I was at the wrestling, and, and the other wrestlers had, you know, they didn't live up to what they had expected for themselves. And Erica just went in there, and she was so dominant. And she's so real. Like Erica, you know, she was crying on the with the national anthem playing, singing English and French. And when we talk about role models for our young girls, that's not a traditional female sport. Nope. And she's out there, and uh, she's just so gracious. And, you know, I'm very happy to see that she's getting some sponsorships. She's traveling the world. Uh, I think she's uh, off with the Canadian military right now. So she's very good, and she should be around uh, in four years for Tokyo, barring injury as well. So she's very dominant and, and, and a big role model for sure. Four years in Tokyo, Penny Oleksiak will still be around, Andre de Grasse will still be around, but will Usain Bolt still be around, Vicky? Well, no, this is the thing, is that Usain Bolt is calling the world championships that they're coming up this summer in London, England. Uh, that's, he's saying that's it for him. And, and I've even heard that he won't run the 200 meters there. He's only going to run the 100 meters. So uh, 
he, Usain is clearly, I mean, he's still so dominant. That was one of the most magical things about Rio for me was getting to see him live. That we, I've never seen anything like it. But Andre de Grasse, I mean, if Usain Bolt, he, he wants, I talked to Stu McMillan from Calgary the other day. I was down in Phoenix, and he, he coaches Andre. And Stuart told me that they're going to London to beat Usain this, like in 2017, never mind 2020. So uh, who knows? I mean, I don't think there'll ever be another Usain Bolt, but I think Canada's looking good for the next little bit, and, and, and the torch could be passed in London. Boy, I, I think you're right because that was just uh, you know truly one of the uh, the highlights of Rio 2016. Hey, quickly, two more things because I know you got to go. Uh, the Russian doping scandal. How much of a factor did that play on these games, if if any at all, in your opinion? Well, I mean, it was a constant theme that Russia was there uh, in light of everything. To me, in some ways, the Russian doping scandal is bigger um, with Pyeongchang coming up in the 2018. I mean, the Sochi Olympics were a complete sham, according to the water reports. And there's a lot of evidence there. So the question, I think in some ways it affects our winter athletes more than it affects the summer, it expects the summer ones. But there's questions about how the drug testing in Rio, I mean, you know, the concerns with the lab security, concerns with the amount of money. I mean, they, they were having problems with those workers too. So it was definitely a big shadow over the games. But I think come Pyeongchang, it's going to be an even bigger one, especially if the Russians are there. The other, and I hate to call it a highlight, but I guess it was a low light, the whole Ryan Lochte debacle. Yeah. Uh, and, and debacle is the, you know, it, it's amazing how Ryan has, has rebranded himself. He's on Dancing with the Stars. And, you know, I guess, okay, fine. But that that was just a complete you-know-what show, wasn't it? It was, and it was so uh, sad for the people of Rio because that's what, I mean, that was everybody's fear. I mean, everybody... The, the people who were on the ground there, everyone was worried that they were going to get held up. And that's what Ryan said happened. And it was completely not true. It was a complete fabrication. And, uh, yes, the poor people, it was like going to a Christmas dinner and behaving more than, you know, hor- absolutely horribly. Like yeah. pretending to have food poisoning at the table and calling an ambulance. That was what that was like. And it, it was it, it was really sad. And the Americans who we were working with were very embarrassed and and I, and I was embarrassed, too, and, and felt so horrible for the hosts. Yeah, uh, fair fair enough. Uh, Vicky. we could talk all night. I know you've got other things to do. Thanks so much for your time, and have a very Merry Christmas, a uh, Happy New Year, and uh, I know we'll talk again very soon. That's great, Jock. Thank you. Vicki Hall, of course, uh, she was covering uh, the Rio games for uh, Post Media, the Calgary Sun and the Calgary Herald, and uh, so many memories from those games. Just talking to Vicky, it just just reminds you, you know, of, of all of the things that were going on. And of course, we, we all remember Penny Oleksiak, we all remember Andre de Grasse, but the other things, you know, the, the Ryan Lochte story, the the green pool and the diving tank, and I, I don't know rugby sevens. I, I just I fell in love with that sport. I thought rugby sevens was great, and what you know, bronze medal for Canada, the women's team. Uh, that was uh, that. Was was an awful lot of fun. Don't know what your memories were, but uh, if you want to share them with us, uh, that's great. Uh, easy to call, easy to text. Four zero three nine seven four talk. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. As uh, we relook back on uh, twenty sixteen, some of the top stories, of course, uh, in twenty sixteen. Uh, we got to take a break here on Sports Talk with Jock. We'll update what's happening in the National Hockey League. Hey, Bob Hartley, remember him? Former coach of the year in the National Hockey League, former coach of the Calgary Flames. He's got a new gig. Tell you a little bit about that when we come back. This is Sports Talk with Jock. This is News Talk 770. Sports Talk with Jock. Weekdays from 630 to 8 p.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary. CHQR.